0: Good morning, good evening, Namaste, Ola, Bonjour, kiremaid, and marabhan. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 54 of the podcast, Each One Teach Ten, an amazing world of STEM, an inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We all will learn together how to build a STEM culture today. I'm honored to have Mr. Amitab Sharma, a seasoned educator, skill developer, master trainer, project implementer, thinker, go-to-market modeler, innovator, public relations expert, and avid philanthropist, especially committed to women empowerment. It's my honor once again to have you here Mr. Amitab, so how are you doing today?
1: i'm doing just great namia and even better looking at you so inspiringly
0: thank you so much and our audience are eagerly waiting to know more about you so can we have a short introduction from you for the audience
1: absolutely so uh, just to begin first of all i really appreciate uh, namia's initiative when she reached out to me a few months ago to record this podcast and uh, i was enthralled by the kind of uh, attention that she is seeking and getting from worldwide. She just told me that uh, she is being covered and uh, mapped all across the world. And I'm so proud of Namiya. So more power to you. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, I'm a storyteller. So maybe my answers will uh, hit the point or relevant, but they will go all around. So my uh, origin is from India and uh, from the city of the Taj Mahal if uh, audiences around the world can relate to that and uh, having been raised and uh, lived in India for good uh, probably 40 years I started off uh, with uh, BSc honors in physics as far as education then moved to uh, MBA Master of Business Administration then I did my law degree and finally my PhD in marketing. And uh, my career-wise, I started off with uh, oil and gas, uh, having worked with Indian Oil and then Gas Authority and Bharat Petroleum, which was Burma Shell. And then when I touched about uh, 40 years old, I decided to quit uh, being an employee and uh, went into uh, personal pursuit. So I ventured into entrepreneurship and started a computer company in India, ran it for four and a half years. And then an opportunity arrived where I had uh, occasion to come to the US. And this was in 1992. I lived here for seven months, got so uh, enthused that I wanted to come back. And so from 95 onwards, I'm in the US for the last 27 years. I have run uh, effectively two IT companies, uh, Asterix Consulting and Aspire. And uh, seven years ago, there was epiphany if people understand uh, some inner voice as to why I am existing, what is the purpose of my life, and so on and so forth, so overnight I turned into philanthropy, and uh, I said, "Okay, enough of uh, wealth generation." And believe me, audiences across the world, there is not so much bliss in earning money what it is in giving back to the community. So for the last seven and a half, eight years, I have been totally committed. To giving back and uh, my way or maybe unique or otherwise of giving back was not just about money but my time my energy my enthusiasm my initiative into uh, education so i felt worldwide there is need to transform our indians or schools across the world uh, from conventional ways of learning into uh, edu- innovation labs so I struck upon the idea of uh, bordering my giving back through science, technology, engineering, math, STEM, which is primarily the basis of our podcast today. So uh, it so happened that um, I, because I'm from India, I said, hey, Indian uh, children have incredible talent and we have a wonderful history of innovation and invention and uh, discovery in India. If uh, Everybody knows about the discovery of zero from Aryabhata or binary or modern surgery, Charak and Shushrut. And we've got a plethora of inventions from the ages, and that was by virtue of the cross-fertilization of ideas, the exchange of thoughts, uh, the discussion, the debate, and the cohesive groups that uh, work together to evolve. Uh, solutions to -to day-to-day problems okay so that was my basic premise and I said okay let me develop a very comprehensive curriculum so that it addresses the needs of uh, solving problems uh, across the world Uh, the problems have to be contextual every country has different set of problems issues and challenges so we must uh, encourage children to explore and solve those problems so that was my basic start off. And so I ventured into that and uh, as we go along this podcast, I'll explain to you how I progressed. And apart from that, I'm also focused very heavily or rather invested into skill development. And I will explain that as well as skill development. Also is about uh, developing the potential to be meaningfully engaged in life. Okay. I believe that the pursuit in life should not be focused on money or wealth. Uh, or earning, it should be focused on purposeful life, Uh, find a meaningful purpose, which is of value to you and value to the society. So I have developed a very comprehensive skilling model, which I am uh, kind of uh, expanding or or, or reaching out to the whole world and saying, hey, this is a unique model and it is addressed to school students. Um, And I'll explain why. And finally, I am dedicated to developing uh, the museum or the uh, the uh, India Heritage Center, developing culture, heritage, uh, and 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 bordering on how we can espouse value systems across the world. Because Indian heritage is uh, Vasudheva Kutumbakam. We embody the entire world as one family, and so I want to perpetuate that feeling. By doing this, uh, India Heritage Center, uh, is starting in US and then uh, kind of uh, cloning or uh, replicating it at other locations. So, this is about myself. I am from an educated back education background. Uh, my wife is a PhD in child psychology. I have a PhD in marketing, and we are educators. We run uh, non-profit center in India where we teach 116 poorest of the poor children from the underprivileged community. So my life from here on out, uh, I'm very young. I'm only 69. I've got to live 115 years. I've got a lot of fire inside me and I will continue to uh, devote and dedicate myself to the cause of uplifting education, but education with a difference. So my motto is educate to innovate. Uh, Education devoid of innovation, devoid of creativity, devoid of critical thinking is meaningless and i think the world has enough potential to be able to explore more and with all the new uh, like uh, the sustainable development goals sdgs of the united nations 17 of them uh, the fourth goal borders on education and i think that innovative education is the key that we should all explore so uh, here it is uh, this is the whole package that is in front of you today thank you Namia. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. So that's really significant, listening to you from an employee to running your own ventures, becoming a philanthropist overnight. And then, like you mentioned, it is important to give back to the community with your full passion. And uh, I totally agree with the point when you mentioned that there's a need to transform Indian schools. And uh, we need to explore more. You mentioned about skill development uh, and having a purpose. That reminded me of this book that I have read, Ikigai. that is your purpose yes. in life? And uh, totally agree with the point about having cultural heritage, so that we have a value system to so show that everybody around the world is connected. And that's really great to know that you've been able to teach underprivileged people and. Educate to innovate with the SDG 4, totally agree with that too. Because if SDG 4 is achieved, all goals can be achieved. Yes. Right, sir. So you've had a variety of experiences. How did you come to choose the STEM field?
1: Great great question, uh, Namia. So it so happened uh, that uh, when this epiphany happened one uh, early morning, it was about 2.25, I remember, in the morning, and I woke up. I was not stressed or tense. I just had this uh, inner voice say th- to me, Hey, listen, enough, you stop whatever you're doing and turn to philanthropy. And so, when I woke up in the morning, I spoke to my wife, and she said, You are one of the lucky people because in this life, uh, most of the people are bereft or devoid of a meaningful life after they have earned their living and all that, uh, comfortable. So uh, this question has dawned on you. And uh, I, I said, okay, then where is the answer? She said, well, the question came to you. So the answer automatically will come to you. Have patience. Patience is a virtue. So Namya, I said, all right. So 15 days later, I'd suddenly again, dead of the night, said, listen, you've got to devote yourself to creating talent, to creating uh, innovation, to creating the workforce of tomorrow. So bingo! I said, Eureka! I said, this is where I'm going to devote myself. So what happened? I've got friends in uh, prestigious institutions in the US and also in India. And uh, since I'm an Indian and you cannot drive India out of an Indian ever, right? <laughs> so so I said, so that's where it started. But now, of course, it's percolated down to the US and science, math, engineering or technology is universal, right? Two and two is four. any part of the world. So I said, okay, I came to India and I said, what are the problems that are in India? What are the contextual issues and challenges that people are facing? There's pollution, there's traffic, there is uh, contamination of water, a whole uh, spectrum of them. So I took my team from here and I said, all right, these are the problems we must encapsulate in developing a comprehensive curriculum, a STEM curriculum. So that's how my journey into STEM started, that I said, rather than just hawking uh, tools or games or puzzles or or other people who are doing, right, rather than hardware, one should focus on the software part of it, on the curriculum part of it, so that children get challenged. Their neurons have to fire to be able to become creative, right? If you... uh, Namia, if you give a child a problem and then a 10-step uh, process of solving that problem, then the child is just following that those steps. The child is not exercising his or her brain, right? What, what we should do is we should delve or push the child, like you push a small child into a swimming pool, right? One way is you catch hold of him and you say, hey, now you learn. Other way is to make him jump and then he will strive and pull his... De- so the, the child will get confidence. The child will be become capable. The child will become strong and forthright to solve those problems, right? And face challenges. That's the kind of environment I wanted to build. And and what I saw happening in, uh, in India was that horse trading was going on in the name of robotics, in the name of these game and that game and that puzzle and all that. A lot of people were hawking all those uh, games. And that doesn't harness creativity, I thought. So I said, okay, let me just uh, pull the bull by the horn. So I approached uh, CBSE and CBSE people were very uh, in- impressed by what I was doing and all this. So they said, okay, we will give you. Uh, and you know, uh, Namya, the, the world of education is uh, spread over four stakeholders. You have parents, you have students. You have teachers and you have the policymakers or the administrators or the owners of the school system. Uh, They said that out of this, in order to create a STEM ecosystem, we must be able to train our teachers, right? Because they are the people who will deliver these STEM. So I said, okay, I will develop a comprehensive training program so that teachers become strong in the STEM pedagogy. They should become aligned with what is the need of the hour they should be able to appreciate that what whatever they're teaching with a blackboard or a whiteboard or a smartboard is good until now. But uh, all countries, including India, is on the precipice of uh, embarking into the next century. Right? And in order for India specifically to regain its power of scientific glory or that place or that realm, we must be able to then change our strategy. And I'm so happy that the government also uh, through Kasturi Rangan, who was the architect of NEP 2020, the new education policy. They also felt the need that hey, we should have this kind of a, a problem-solving approach in education, right, rather than the, the rote learning that we have been following. And I'm not against uh, whatever happened until now. You, All of us are products of that education. But the times have changed. We have now got to produce world citizens, right. So that was my challenge. Uh, my uh, initiative, my uh, my inner uh, insight that I should delve into this kind of a change mechanism, okay? a game-changing kind of a situation. So, so that uh, helped me embark on this program. And then I followed the CBSE curriculum and I said, okay, we must align our or map our curriculum according to the syllabus so that children don't feel alienated. They feel that, yes, they are doing something which is right. See, normally what happens is, in education uh, systems, hitherto, let's say there is a formula. Force is equal to mass into acceleration, or density is equal to mass of volume. Our experiments, our training, our teaching, our uh, projects are all geared towards proving that hypothesis. right? So there is a formula, and we prove that. While in developed countries, especially Israel, Germany, uh uh, uh U- US uh the children are given a responsibility to handle and solve day to day family societal national problems and that's how they they youngsters eight fourth fourth graders fifth graders sixth graders they handle radioactive materials they handle isotopes they handle uh, mechanical medical equipment and all that and that's how you germinate the urgency the tenacity to uh, think out of the box, to think critically and then to find solutions. So that's how uh, the answer to your question again, how did I come to choose the same field? This was my, uh, my calling, as you say. My calling was rather than you know shake the, shake the citadel, uh, shake the platform, shake the foundation, and uh, it takes one person to start the whole revolution. you know, Netaji Sumash Bose or Martin Luther King or uh, Nelson Mandela. They all started one person and then the revolution happened. So so my mission, my, my, my dedication and devotion is to be able to get this grassroots transformation, uh, uh, Namia. And uh, I have come a long way. People are now endearing. Would you be surprised? Even in the United States where the STEM field evolved, two and a half decades ago. The actual authentic, when I say authentic, I mean really authentic STEM has not precipitated still. It is only very marginal about 18 to 22, 23% only has, uh, but there's a lot more work and I'm wired very well within the STEM community within the United States. And and you know, a few people, uh, Jeff is one of those people uh, who he and I talked about you first and then you know, I reached out and all that. So so we have got this uh, entire community of uh, STEM passionate people who are trying to then embark on this uh, journey of uh, changing the whole way people are thinking. So I think I've answered with a variety of experiences that I have. And, you uh, see, my oil and gas experience, my IT experience and all that gives me a broader horizon to think constructively into developing a STEM curriculum, even training teachers. So today, Namiya, I am being approached by teachers from across the world, from South Africa, from Namibia, from Angola, from uh, uh, Singapore, from, of course, from India, and allow us to get trained and certified into STEM. So we are um, doing that. We are engaged in that. Plus, we are engaged into school systems. We are engaged into creating centers of excellence. I have just uh, started or launched uh, Center of Excellence in uh, Kolkata three months ago and that they are doing well. They are private entrepreneurs. I'm starting one in Gurgawa. You know Gurgawa in Delhi. So I'm starting one in uh, very soon there. Noida, we are starting one here. Uh, we are doing a training uh, for teachers in Washington, D.C. We are doing training Guyana in Trinidad and Tobago. So all this is happening because of my passion to serve the cause of
0: That's really very influencing, listening to you, sir, that it was just starting with the inner voice. Then, like you mentioned, what miracles, I really believe in this thing that miracles happen to those who believe in them. And patience surely is the key. And then when you realize that devoting your talent to helping people is what you have to do, listening to you uh, that you focused upon the problems in Mm. India, took your team and then started with creating a STEM curriculum, Rather than the hardware, focusing on the software is what matters. And then I totally understand the point that it's not like just when you have to give the problem and solution exactly at the same time. We give the problem to the students and let them find the solutions because that will help them a lot to create a strong intellect. And those skills would what help them a lot in their life ahead to actually use them in the real life situations. And the point about training teachers is of the utmost importance so that they can be aligned with the need of the uh, like you mentioned. I mean, you came upon the NEP 2020. I truly believe it is one of the biggest highlights in the Indian education his, uh, industry till now. And that's how we need change so that students can you know, learn how to try in their own way and then become the change makers too. Because when they will be able to think out of the box, they will learn different ways to actually apply that. And in the end, like you mentioned, it's shaking the platform because we just need one person to start the revolution. And that totally is a ripple effect. That Just one drop of ripple can bring change in society.
1: Right. Absolutely right.
0: Right. sir. So the theory uh, and use of temp pedagogy have advanced significantly throughout the world. And there's tremendous potential among those with ability to offer original solutions. So what does Atlanta STEM a- a- Academy of USA focus upon?
1: Okay, so great. Uh, so Namia, what we engage in is we develop, We, like I said, we have developed a community of STEM uh, committed STEM leaders and then we have regular interface with them. We have conferences and webinars and we kind of uh, Organize these across the world. Uh, There are people from India, the Goinkas and the other uh, groups, uh, lots of groups have reached out to me. We have conducted those. uh, There is uh, Alcon Public School in uh, Delhi. Uh, They they have organized several programs. So what we do, STEM Academy of uh, USA, based out of Atlanta, is whether it is uh, India or America or any other country, we encourage Uh, STEM enthusiasts to come to a common uh, forum or a common uh, agenda platform, and then we say, hey, rather than going about beating the bush and trying to see uh, small marginal changes in the conventional or traditional way of learning, no, 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 Uh, the revolution has to happen from within. So start off with the authentic STEM, meaning that you allow the children, first of all, you identify the challenges, identify the contextual issues and then allow the children to dabble with those they may may, or may not find solutions or they may find different solutions but it's fine different solutions is fine because only when you brainstorm with these for example the teaching of management or the teaching of law or the teaching of medicine all that uh, prevails or circles around discussions, case discussions, right? Uh, that's how you exchange your ideas. That's how you uh, kind of come onto a consensus that yes, this is the formula. So I am reminded many a time of people uh, such as uh, Gitanjali Rao. You've heard about Gitanjali Rao, uh, Namya? Have you? Okay, so Gitanjali Rao, 11 year old, right? She was on the cover of Time magazine as the innovative child of the year, two years ago, three years ago, right? And what happened, she was seized or totally uh, uh, in, engulfed with solving a problem in Flint, Michigan, in the United States, of contaminant, contamination in water, right? So there was lead in water, there was arsenic in water because of the corrosion in the pipes. And so she said there should be a very a small kit that she should develop. So, as a product of STEM, she became uh, engaged in a multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary solution. Uh, she merged chemistry, she merged uh, uh, architecture, designing the whole thing, she merged cryogenics, and she merged uh, Bluetooth and developed this uh, kit. And the kit started off being expensive, and now it's very, very cheap and economical. So, every household can afford that uh, uh, kit. To test the water that they are drinking. See, water is so important for human life. So, so this is a kid, 11 year old, 12 year old kid, totally, uh, uh, totally committed or capsized with finding that solution to the problem, burning issue, right? And she did. And there are a whole host of uh, people. Uh, the founder of ha- uh, email, now uh, An, An- uh, what is his name? annadurai or some. He's again in Indian, of course. Uh, somebody from the U.S. Uh, uh, is is uh, is uh, now acclaimed as being the founder but uh, the actual founder of email uh, is again an indian right so y- youngsters in israel they are delving with major problems and uh, i just read a few days ago namia that uh, lots of women around the world are affected by uh, 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 breast cancer right so rather than sur- surgically removing the cancer or treating it with radiation or treating it with uh, chemotherapy uh, these people have developed a, a technology by which they insert a needle and they freeze the cancer uh, uh, lump minus uh, with minus 274 degrees right so at minus 274 degrees the whole uh, cancer cells become inactive and then the body mechanism itself treats the cancer. How how uh, radical is that, right? Uh, you you are not going to operate, you are not going to... So a lot of people, uh, 400 women in Germany, 200 uh, uh, women in US are, have now been uh, subjected to this treatment and treated. So so stuff like in Russia, I heard that youngsters are given aprons and all that. They ha- handle the radioactive material. So what STEM Academy of USA is doing is trying to now uh, share these examples across the world with youngsters, with teachers and saying, listen, shed away the old way and uh, and embrace the new way. And the new way is to allow the children, give them a problem, give them a tough problem, easy problem, whatever, but give them a problem which is uh, affecting daily life, which is affecting nation, which is affecting society and allow them to solve those problems as i said they may or may not come to a solution but at least they have tried and when youngsters try uh, you know you you're a, a lady i feel and and here i'm touching a point i am very passionate about women women empowerment see generally uh, women uh, biologically metabolically are 360 degree uh, people right men have this uh, tunnel vision and uh, women are more more kind of conceptualized and so uh, even in uh, p- uh, computer programming i have seen women are much better uh, uh, developers and analysts and uh, and managers and so on and so forth okay so i feel that women should be motivated to pursue science and technology in these fields they should not be ushered into humanities or social sciences. Oh, no, no, no. You are not meant for mathematics or science. No. But look at Chandrayaan. When Chandrayaan was launched in India, the two managers were women. One from uh, South India, one from Lucknow, right? So, I feel, so the, what I'm trying to say is STEM Academy of USA is uh, attempting to develop a worldwide uh, energized community, an ecosystem which will help trigger solutions to -to day-to-day problems and that's how we are serving the cause of the united nations sustainable Development goals we are trying to see and today's problems are not problems which existed 50 years ago or 20 years ago and tomorrow's problems are not going to exist today so we have to be anticipatory we have to foresee what problems are going to come and find solutions to those the biggest problem today we have is uh, climate change, right? Every year, I just read yesterday that the temperature in Pakistan, India and the, and the Southeast will increase radically this year. So what we have been facing, uh, the extent of heat in July or June will ha- start happening in late March. So children needs, need to address this. And trust me, children are very, very innovative uh the development of brain happens most when a child is between three and six years old right so i feel that we should uh, inseminate this idea of endearing stem at that young age and so stem academy of usa is totally totally committed to that mission that in young age in the elementary age in the middle school age only that age is the prime age that is the main target age group, um, where we should address STEM very effectively. And STEM STEMMADMU USA is doing a a Herculean job in trying to address that uh, so that people don't feel, oh, STEM can be done when you are in uh, undergrad or in high school. Uh, To my mind, yes, it may be effective, but it is less effective. We should make uh, a, a creative mindset, as they say. In a younger age, when you uh, embody a child, when you uh, get a child armed with that uh, psychology at such a young age, that sticks with him or her throughout the life. So whether uh, you become a housewife, whether you become a homemaker or a creator or an employee or a manager or an entrepreneur, that creative mindset, uh, that applicative mindset, you use the word apply application is most important learning something and then sticking to it is not like you have to apply that knowledge to find solutions and that my wife has been running a Montessori school Maria Montessori had the same philosophy right that you allow the child to explore experiment uh, experiential education as they say touch feel sensorial and that is what we are trying to see we are trying to shun away from games and tools and equipments and and models and uh, puzzles we are trying to say hey no Uh, and, and no child is young or old you've got to allow the child to face hard problems and believe me you like you said miracles happen young children come up with innovative wonderful solutions and that's why I admire the national leaders who are so enshrined in this concept of encouraging youngsters to think uh, in in a wider horizon.
0: Absolutely. So that's really uh, inspiring listening from you about how your platform focuses on providing conferences, workshops, and it is available worldwide so that we can encourage STEM enthusiasts on a common forum. And like you mentioned about starting with authentic STEM, wherein we're empathizing, defining, ideating, prototyping and testing it out. And you mentioned like young change makers like Lao are a pure testimony to creating things with STEM. Uh, and like you've mentioned different things about uh, Russian students being able to handle radioactive materials and how it is important to motivate women. Because I totally believe in the fact that girls in STEM is a thing, and it has to be more uh, available in the society so that we can motivate more girls to come forward because it's already inside them. This needs a little bit of motivation to come forward, as it's scientifically proven they are more creative, and if they have the motivation, then they can come forward in the field, break through the ceiling, and then create wonderful things. And I lovely, I, I found this point really lovely that you're focusing upon digital problems. And like you just mentioned about climate change, uh, I recently also had read an article that talks about how Russian scientists have um, found this new virus called zombie virus. And that has been found uh, due to global warming and melting of glaciers. There are so many things that have been, you know, imbibed under the entire ice. And if they start melting, and obviously we'll be finding such things that are going to be hazardous for the entire world. So students can use STEM and that probably can help us to solve these problems and save the world. And uh, lastly, like you had mentioned about STEM being incorporated at, you know, younger day de- uh, age is really vital. Like I can give an example right here, sir, that we can see like when, you know, STEM is not just like, you know, if, when we come to more side of coding, it's not just like, is there, um, as a proper thing that is done after grade five, it's done when we're just at a younger age, like when we're doing yeah. some science activities or, you know, like creating tea. So there are certain steps that have to be followed and they have different kinds of steps. So when we, you know, come to know about steps, we can combine that as coding. I've been learning that from a young age. Similarly, STEM is done at a young age too. And that is total testimony to experiential learning, like you said.
1: Absolutely right. You're right on the
0: money. Yeah. So, my next question to you is, how does STEM curriculum compare to the academic curriculum, if at all?
1: Okay, wonderful. You've touched the hornet's nest. <laughs> Many people are not going to like what I say. So, what we do in uh, normal education or in an academic curriculum, is uh, that we study in uh, in isolation. We study in those ivory towers. We study in separate Sections. For example, we are touching, uh, we are learning physics. Okay, so we learn physics theory, and then we go and do a practical of physics, right? Uh, chemistry, zoology, botany, uh, math, or whatever else, humanities. So we we study in different different silos, right? While as a STEM or any solution in the world, regardless of uh, the environment, regarding the atmosphere. All these solutions have to uh, assimilate or kind of coalesce into a, a multitude of disciplines. So STEM is something which brings so many other, uh, so many disciplines together. That's why we call it STEM is interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary. And I'll give you an example. I, we just talk about Gitanjali Rao, but let's talk about, uh, these two women who handled Chandrayaan. So some person asked them, listen, how did you effectively become so good managers that you were given the responsibility of Chandrayaan? And the answer was, listen, if we were only doing uh, physics or doing cryogenics or chemistry or we wouldn't have failed. But we, we uh, integrated all the knowledge that we have. And then we designed, so we were good uh, mechanical people because we had to design this properly. We were good architects, we were good uh, scientists, we were good mathematicians. And then we integrated all this knowledge and then developed this entire launch formula, right? And that's how this began. And this is relevant for any uh, solution in the world. So the essence of STEM is that it brings together holistically a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, a lot of data points. And today, as you know, information, it is information is power. So you have information from many sides. Now, you alone may not have the propensity or the capacity to be able to address every certain, so that's how you have team. So it's a team environment. It's a team building. It's a team spirit that gives the generate, generates the idea of solving uh, real life issues. And that's the reason why I feel that the classroom of today or tomorrow has to be a collective classroom, has to be a collaborative classroom. By collective, collaborative, I mean that, hey, you one style of learning is a theatrical style of learning. The teacher is there in front and you have all the students facing the teacher. And the teacher has this blackboard, whiteboard, whatever. And then, or the computer screen, and then you are learning. Instead of that, you need to have this cohesive collaboration. So you have a classroom of 40 children or 30 children, and you create groups of five children. Uh, And so you have six groups in 30 children, and those children are talking and discussing amongst each other, the problem that we get. So they're exploring, they're discovering, they are they're in the process of exchanging their thoughts and ideas like you said ideation that comes out of that right so you have different and so uh, so um, in normal parlance let me give you an example so what we do so let's say a teacher conventionally is teaching Archimedes principle Archimedes principle is about flotation okay buoyancy or surface tension that. Right? and then she says okay this is the formula and this is how it is and uh, uh, iron ball sinks and a large cruise ship floats and blah 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 okay rather than that we say okay Uh, children today we are going to learn a wonderful concept all right and so we give them we give these children very rudimentary materials or tools and stuff like that okay Uh, some cardboard and some straws and stuff and we say okay imagine so it's all about storytelling right so you say imagine today that there is a cloud burst or there is a, a flash flood right and your entire school where you're studying is inundated or submerged with water. Now you as responsible citizens are uh, having the obligation to ferry yourself and your friends to safe place. How are you going to do it? So now you have given a genuine problem. So floods happen every any, any part of the world, right? It can happen in a school. It can happen in a village. It can happen in a colony, a neighborhood, right? Now the children, are in split into groups and they are discussing they are they're 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 introspecting right they are coming up with ideas what should we do should we create a boat should we create a raft should we create a plank whatever is available and then that plank has to have enough area to have so then we give them let's say pebbles or marbles as representative of human beings right Uh, and say okay so your plank, your boat, your raft, or whatever you construct, how many can it carry? How many friends? And so then then the children understand, okay, for this much surface area, uh, the surface tension will so much, and density of water is one. So if the entire mass is greater, then density is equal to mass of volume. So it will sink. So then children understand the concept. Now fast forward, Namia. If this child or this ch- girl or boy becomes an architect engineer, town planner or a normal citizen or anything, or he or she is faced with this kind of a situ- situation, 20 years hence, 30 years hence, they will remember what they did in the, in the STEM class, right? That, okay, we have to have, so we give them this rudimentary, they construct all the material and then they, this thing sticks in their mind for, for lifetime. So that is how, when you apply your knowledge, rather than proving a hypothesis, you apply that concept towards finding day-to-day solutions uh, to problems to -to day-to-day solutions, solutions to -to day-to-day problems, then that is uh, the difference in STEM. So answering your question again, in the academic curriculum, we just want to prove that formula is correct. And we work towards that. While as in this, we have apply application. You apply the knowledge to finding solutions. And uh, let me tell you the world over. And I'm sharing something which the uh, the politicians may not like. <laughs> See, normally in Namya the policy makers and politicians up until now are busy creating workers. Even... To the extent, and I'm sorry, Rockefeller said that we should produce workers. It may have been correct many years ago because at that time production was the key, right? You produce more stuff, you build the economy, you build the wealth uh, in the family, you uh, develop the whole uh, uh, society, that's fine, but not today, not tomorrow. Tomorrow, and today we don't we have to seize to produce workers and please remember these lines we have to create thinkers we have to generate thinking people and these youngsters they they should wear smell and 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 breathe thinking 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 we have to ponder and 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 focus on thinkers so I'm reminded of a very good academic in Kerala. He's 72 years old and he is a, he is Mr. Ninan and he uh, and I shared a, a platform at our innovation conference and he shared something which is very close to my heart. Namia. The policy makers, the owners, the educators, we all think how we teach And what we teach is right. Ironically, there is a big disconnect. There's a big gap. The children want to learn what they want to learn and how they want to learn. Remember, children want to learn what they want to learn, how they want to learn. And administrators want to teach what they want to teach and how they want to teach. And that's that's not going to generate a very healthy society. So, policymakers, educators, administrators, we need to step back. And we need to say, listen, enough is enough. We should stop our game. We should allow the children to tell us what they want to learn, how they want to learn. So, answering your question again, STEM curriculum is all about making children understand what they want to learn, how they want to learn. Learning. Learning is important, not education. See, education is a very large word and education doesn't appeal to a child's mind. It's learning. It's, 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 it's how, do you, how you assimilate that knowledge so that you can apply it to others. So once again, surmising that STEM curriculum compares so differently from the traditional way of learning or academic curriculum. In academic curriculum, typically, oh, the teacher comes in the beginning of the year, I have to complete this syllabus, right? <laughs> Every teacher is so seized and and, and and preoccupied with completing the syllabus. Who are you what, have I completed the syllabus? Dot the I's, uh, to cross the T's. Come on. Today, good governments are moving away from this, right? And they are saying, Allow the child to, if a child is good in space uh, or the child is good in chemistry, let the child do the chemistry. Not uh, burden him with a big bag and full of books and unnecessarily. It's not required. So that is the difference between STEM and (laughs) other.
0: I totally agree with that. So it's so substantial. Like you mentioned about STEM, that can be incorporated anywhere. And I agree with the point when you mentioned what STEM brings so many disciplines together. Information is power. Team spirit is important so that we can work upon real-life issues. And you mentioned about classrooms so that like C-square, collaborative and collective classroom, is what we need to have. STEM is storytelling. And when you mentioned about like... If you know the formula, you don't know the application, then there's nothing that we've done. And that is how I laid that so much to trigonometry, that we know the formulas. And if you don't apply it, then trigonometry is zero. There's nothing inside. Because even if you you cannot cannot, uh, learn it by heart, it has to be application at the end of the day. And I totally love the point of having thinkers, not workers, to have your thinking caps on all the time and... Children do learn in the way they want to learn because everybody learns differently. Teachers have started uh, developing the ways they want to teach which children want to learn. And that's really a great plus point on how the time is changing now. And in the end, like you mentioned about learning being important, that the quality of education is very much important over the quantity of education. Right,
1: right. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Right. So I have a fun question for you. Um, Uh What is your favorite subject?
1: Okay. My favorite subject, I'll tell you, is education. Oh,
0: that's (laughs) great, actually.
1: Yeah, education, education, education. I tell you, uh, see, um, and I'm sorry, I'm bringing this in. The war in uh, Iraq, the war in Libya, the war in uh, Russia and uh, Ukraine, all these wars, what are these wars emanating from? What are these wars developing from? This is developing from lack of understanding each other. And lack of understanding ha- is, is based upon lack of education. Come on. At the end of the day, when Alexander Alexander the Great, they say, right? When Alexander died, do you know that he, he shared this, that my hands should be kept like this? So that people the world over, when they see my funeral or when they attend my funeral, know that I am carrying nothing, right? So when this nation is trying to usurp a territory, a geographical territory, what worth is that? It's just a piece of land, right? Okay. You, you be happy with, and this uh, can relate to human beings. This can relate to societies. This can relate to nations. That one should be satisfied with what you have. Do the best you can. This is a small... Like they say, God is a tour operator. And we are all tourists. Right? But we forget, Namya that, oh, we are here for posterity. We are not here for posterity. We we are not immortal. Right? We, we have evolved. We will perish. So, in the Indian ethos, we say, hey, there is... This gen- uh, there is, uh, sh- there is uh, uh, Brahma, uh, and there is Vishnu, and there is Shiva, the Trinity. You get born, then you sustain, and then you perish, you dissolve, you go away. So likewise, uh, you've seen empires fall, empires, uh, the the Roman Empire, very strong, nowhere existing today, right? The German uh, you know all that uh, holocaust and all that it never uh, could sustain it just went so so i think education is so important and uh, big different, big problems like they say war uh, our jay shankar the foreign minister of india said that war is not the solution mm-hmm. so when you when you have these attacks whether it is uh, civil uh, war or this or that or or uh, religious wars and torment each other. I mean, they are meaningless. And I think education is the base. Education is the key. If we sit back, okay, I'll give you an example. Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, got fired from the board of directors, right? And guess what he did? He came to India. Did you know? The Facebook Mark Zuckerberg came to India. Did you know? Oh, and when Steve Jobs came here, he lived here and he stumbled upon a book called Autobiography of a Yogi. If you have not read that book, Namia, you should. And you should encourage other viewers also to read that book. And that transformed uh, Steve Jobs' life. Autobiography of a Yogi. And what he said, he said, insight, our Gita, Bhagavad Gita. So insight is most important. And what happens? How does insight develop? Education. You've got to be able to understand each other, understand family. A lot of divorces happen. A lot of bad things happen in families and societies. Lack of education. Hey, listen, this is all transient. We are temporary. Nobody is here permanently. So why affect the other one? So so coming back to your surprise question, education, education, education. And guess what my father and I'm bordering on something different. My father was a, a Hindi laureate. He authored 56 books. Oh, wow. He lived on. Yeah, he lived only 58 years, very short lifespan, but he was a critic. He was a writer. He was a poet and he was a professor of Hindi uh, in Kurukshetri University. He's a head of the department. Okay. And he uh, always used to say that uh, Amitabh, he used to tell me, said, Amitabh, never ever leave education. And I used to say, oh, education is good for you. And my, my mother, uh, again, was an educationist. She was triple master's, a PhD, a delete in Sanskrit. And a vedanta scholar okay and uh, she always used to f- say the education and i used to in the earlier days i was one of those profession-minded career-minded and you know, away from education and all that but i guess it's a full circle so uh where i started from my my dna my genes and i've come back to education and i feel very very strongly and so You will, at this point, let me share some good things with you here. I have started three scholarships already. One scholarship I have started uh, in my name for an innovative young woman in a National Institute of Technology, uh, where a young lady who is uh, good uh, academically, merit, and also needy, so merit come need, and uh, the vice, the the president of India, um, Mrs. Murmu, uh, was just in a convocation in Kurukshetra, and she, uh, in that convocation, this prize, this award, scholarship was bestowed. Okay, so that is the problem. And once again, it is geared toward women empowerment. Uh, okay. It is going to a, going to a lady who is needy, but, or and intelligent, and thinks out of the box. So that is my. In my father's name, I have started again. Uh, this is all to encourage and inspire and motivate young young ladies to do better because we need to bring ladies into the fore in public society because if you empower one lady, then you empower a whole family and a society. So that's my basic thoughts. So, and then I have started another scholarship in, uh, in my mother's name. So one in my name, one in my father's name, one in uh, all education oriented. And then i'll spill the beans today i'm going to create a corpus uh, next year early next year and that corpus will uh, award five very uh, heavy uh, high value high monetary value scholarships Mm -hmm. on uh, creativity in in women Uh, and those will be all over the country so that's what i'm doing so So again, emphasizing that I am fully devoted to education and whoever is the viewers on this podcast, please, I will encourage them, uh, lay some more impetus, lay more emphasis on education, education, education. Crime will be curtailed. uh, Unrest will be curtailed. wars will lessen and society will be a happy and the world will be a better place.
0: That's so beautiful, sir. I totally agree with whatever you've said. And it's really touching that you're working upon a scholarship for girls and women in STEM. And like listening to you right now just reminded me of these two things that life comes from earth and life returns to the earth and education breeds confidence, confidence breeds hope and hope breeds the peace.
1: That's right. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Right, sir. So we were talking about coding like when we had the question about STEM. So like coding and software development are a part of full STEM education and students will benefit from receiving instruction in these technical areas. And learning how to program is something that almost anyone can do now. And the benefits are very extensive. So do you love to experiment and incorporate coding in STEM?
1: Uh, the answer is yes and there is a reason logical thinking uh, is so imperative and, and and it is very succinct uh, that they when when we encourage people into stem that they understand that in t- entire life you have to have logical thinking and so coding encourages and uh, and, and 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 stimulates that uh, faculty in a person's persona in the personality that throughout the life then they become okay if this is so let's say they are facing a problem and uh, they want to find a solution to the problem you've got to lay down the facts you've got to lay down data points and then you have to logicalize them and that's why coding is very very uh, very critical to developing a mind which can think rationally so uh, i'm I am driven to the point where you have this big data, right? Right now, data modeling, data analysis, data crunching and data gathering and all that. So all that is based upon logicalizing your decision making. So whether it is corporate life or it is uh, day-to-day life and all that, we've got to allow people to think in that lines, to think logically. And my short answer to that is the answer is yes creating coding uh, as a habit uh, allows people to logically think in life
0: yes absolutely so logical thinking and coding in real life is actually important right. so coming upon my uh, next question to you is why embracing authentic stem is imperative for policy makers administrators teachers students and their parents as well mm-hmm.
1: So as I have said earlier, and I reiterate, tomorrow's problems are multifarious, multifold. We have uh, global warming. We have cyber wars. We have, uh, there are attacks on your computers and stuff like that and all that. And we have uh, uh, pollution problems. uh, We are having uh, flooding problems. We are having earthquake problems. All these problems are rising and so it is so it is so critical it is so important it is so significant that children should be come abreast with these problems and if they don't come abreast at a young age then they will lose their temper so scientific temper is what is all. so i'm not saying that hey uh, uh, every child is uh, uh, good in math or good in science a child may be in humanities, a child may be in ecology, a child may be in environment, a child may be in marine biology. So STEM is not only about that. So I say STEM has now evolved into STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. Why? Because everything that you conceptualize, something has to be put on paper. And that, that's where arts comes into play. That's where the thinking beyond the science, technology, engineering. Comes into play, and so in order to embody a child, in order to prepare a child from the beginning, hey, listen, these issues, these challenges, these problems are coming, and you need to be prepared today. Although if we don't do that, then we are failing in our duty. And I think the policymakers, the administrators, the principals, the teachers, and parents are all in it together. We have to all be committed to this uh, mission. If we are not, let's say if a parent is not, they say, no, 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 I don't want to undergo STEM, whatever education is happening, then he will be left behind. I I always talk to children and parents all around. I say, listen, would you rather have your child become an entrepreneur, become uh, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or, uh, uh, or Elon Musk or end up being just an employee? And the normal answer is no, 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 sir. We'd like it. Okay, then if you have to have that entrepreneurial streak, if you have to have that innovative or uh, uh, psych- uh, uh, idiosyncrasy, then you should allow your child to uh, be to ingrain those faculties, right? And those faculties are are generated by STEM. So I think it is so important for all these four stakeholders, five stakeholders, to be committed to this mission to be committed to this project, to be committed to this endeavor that they should collectively say, no, we will stop uh, following the earlier erstwhile method. We will only be following the STEM method because those problems are so gargantuan that they cannot be solved by living in iso- silos, by living in isolation. You've got to integrate, you've got to... So when I speak to the people, uh, I, have, I have addressed... IIT Jammu, IIT Madras, uh, Delhi, policy make all over the place, CBSC and CRT, I'm working on skill development. And skill development, I didn't touch. The skill development model that I have is uh, being followed now by All India Council of Technical Education. This is a model in America, and we it has been replicated 57 times. And all it does is, Namiya, you will be amazed, and the embassy of uh, uh, India and the U.S., Ambassador, the Consul General, everybody is so excited uh, that this uh, is uh, uh, aimed at children from 8th grade to 12th grade. eight, 9 10th, 11th, 12th. And there are 21 different streams. Robotics, machine learning, artificial intelligence, dentistry, audio, video, media, uh, machining, welding, all that. Uh, state-of-the-art technologies. And this makes children meaningfully engageable in society this solves the problems of migration of labor this solves the problem of regional economic development this solves the problems of unemployment in general and makes uh, youngsters life more purposeful and meaningful so we should not only be engaged in stem we should also be engaged in developing meaningful skills engageable skills employable skills amongst children See, the ITI's formula in India was only partially successful. In my opinion, it was aimed at a wrong age. If you target skilling or skill development at undergrad or grad age or uh, graduation or postgraduate, it's wrong. You should target only 8, 9, 10, because children have got a better uh, uh, imbibing uh, uh, capacity. They imbibe. And so uh, it sticks with them and then they can. So... Even if the child doesn't want to be employed after 12, but he or she has gained five or four skills and those skills can be uh, used any time in life. Right? No skill goes waste, like no education goes waste. So that is my uh, vision and my appeal to whoever is listening and, and watching or, or listening or seeing this, that we should encourage STEM in, in learning uh, phase and we should encourage skill development in uh, in that same age group, so that uh, we have a uh, much better productive and uh, uh, workforce.
0: Right, like yes, sir. Skills are very important. Like I totally agree with that. like Even if it comes to four C's, like creativity, collaboration, communication, critical thinking, uh, all of them, the like, whichever skills that we are learning, like till the early years of our life, go ahead with us forever. That they can be incorporated anywhere. And, like, tomorrow's problems uh, are predictable, but we don't know what they might be. It's important, like you mentioned, it is important students should know about these problems. And STEAM education highlights, like, the art, because after all, like, it is all about creativity, ingenuity, communication. And how are you using those skills to assist education so that you can also create opportunities for yourself? And we need to have a proper preparation for the advanced future, but also for its consequences that we can be able to sustain as a great society where everybody is working in harmony. True. True. Right, sir. So in the end, I would like to ask you where we can find you online and would love to have a message from you for the audience watching us.
1: Okay, great. So uh, dear audience, uh, you can find me on www.advance.org stemacademyofusa.com I repeat www.stemacademyofusa.com and uh, I've got uh, offices in US I've got offices in India and uh, as I said we cater to requests for teacher training, STEM training, and also for student training independently, which means through centers of excellence, people can approach us. We can help them institute and establish centers of excellence, where they can disseminate knowledge on STEM, both to teachers as well as students who are desirous. And also we have programs which can be established and instituted or organized in schools. So we encourage and I've got a lot of material, uh, a brochure and uh, some news items or press releases that we have. I can share my email is info, I-N-F-O at STEM of dot com. Again, info at STEM of dot com. I will be happy to share whatever information, knowledge. I have with people who are keen to either go into school system uh, STEM education. Implement, I feel it should be become a part of the regular school timetable. Uh, it should not be just a, a elective kind of a, like a judo club, karate club, cricket club, dance club. No, it should become a part of the regular school timetable so that people understand the significance of STEM or relevance of stem okay so that I can establish I can help establish center of excellence and if somebody is interested in the skill development which has got 21 different streams over three and a half month modules very simple to implement very easy very effective and I can efficiently develop that program for you guys okay and my phone numbers are 404-434-7480 in the US and in India it is 98. 10408670 happy to be here and uh, the message I want to leave with you guys is hey listen uh, stem is here to stay it is uh, very very easy to embrace stem and we should all be very geared towards developing a society which will be capable and confident to handle problems of today and tomorrow and we should all love and uh, feel uh, that education is a promising field and education will change, uh, will be a big change maker, and it holds the key to all the uh, problems, solve, solving all the problems that we face today.
0: Right, sir. And listening to you today has reminded me of this thing that the regenerative education revolution is upon us. Like iron and steel to the industrial revolution, like microchip to the tech revolution, stem cells will be the driving force of the next revolution. So thank you so much, sir, for taking out your precious time and being here on my podcast, sharing your insights that I've taken into account, and I'm sure the audience has enjoyed listening to you today. Thank you so much, sir, once again.
1: And Namiya, before I sign off, I have got goosebumps. I am so enthralled and you are an inspiration. You are a game changer. So more power to you.
0: Thank you so much, sir. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us and listening to this episode. I'll see you in the next one. Till then, each one, each ten, have a nice day.